0: This is the after party live with Jim McAllister and John Daly. Oh Hi. yeah, it's that time again.
1: It's the Wednesday. After party. Yeah, it's the after
0: party. Thanks really good, us. Mark
1: Thompson show today. Loved it. Ed, Ed Begley Jr. was on the show. Very that cool. Was cool. He's um
0: he's in Young Sheldon or Old Sheldon. He's in or... A,
1: we talked about showed pictures. He's been in like so many things over the years movies mm-hmm. and shows and yeah he was fun to talk to i didn't realize he was such an environmentalist which is nice he's written two books on how to you know live sustainably type of thing and now he's got a new memoir out so that's pretty Very cool, cool. Yeah, yeah
0: sometimes you'll be surprised um when you realize people who actually care yeah <laughs> like my dad was recycling in the 60s really I was like, whoa you were like recycling aluminum cans i'm like wow you were ahead of your time dad
1: yeah that's well cool. back then they would actually pay you for them. Right now it's hard to find a place that They would you pay get you your... the
0: appropriate point uh, mm-hmm. uh, appropriate amount. What's really frustrating, not only is the system broken um and they shut down so many of the recycling centers, what you'll find is they're supposed to sp- pay you a certain amount, right? Or you you get charged 5 cents for a small container, 10 yeah. cents for a larger one, but if you turn in like a whole bag, you're being paid by weight. Yeah. And I I did a test and they're not paying you out properly. No even though the the I I believe that the state regulates the um, the amount per pound and the only way to get your full amount is to um, donate I think it's up to 20 cans or 30 cans at a time and then you can demand that they pay you for each one but who who has that kind of like time and uh, it's just ridiculous when you go to Europe they have a machine they have a vending machine or it's not a vending machine it's an accepting machine in every grocery store and it just scans your cans and then it spits out a little ticket and it's worth oh. a dollar amount and you can either use it as a credit at the store or you can go to the customer service counter and um, get it cashed out immediately
1: that seems good so you well, could do speaking, that like
0: every time you go to the store
1: speaking of environmental uh positive things about the to do with the environment oh, right. did you see these these big mats of hair
0: this is our lead story yeah this is kim McAllister with our uh, lead story
1: this is big mats of human hair being used to save beaches, even here in the Bay Area. And you can give your- Beaches, like as in the ocean? Beaches, yeah. Beaches, (laughs) B-E-A, beaches. What you doing, (laughs) beaches? Yes. Uh, Apparently, it's called Matter of Trust. It's a nonprofit organization, and they've used these big mats made of animal hair and human hair to help clean beaches and bodies of water. Now they're expanding to this project to use hair mats to help restore grasslands in the Presidio and local parks. So it's interesting. The hair mats though, have attracted moths which sparked ideas about how putting maybe hair mats around flowers could help them grow, especially because moths might be more efficient pollinators than bees according to one study. So, they oh, okay, I was trying
0: to imagine what this looks like. I was thinking like a doormat. It's, it's kind not of, pretty. It's like an ugly doormat.
1: It's an ugly doormat. Yeah, it's not cute. But the the folks at uh, at the nonprofit Matter of Trust say everyone talks about fertilizer in the ground, but fiber going into the ground is not that really the this big of thing. The initial results of using hair mats in the Presidio apparently look pretty promising. The results of the first pilot study, they planted, uh, sections of hair mats and the, I guess the flowers and the life wildlife there grew more robustly than in the other areas. So, uh... It's kind of like mulch mats, hair mats and mulch. Kind of weird to think about your hair being used for something like that. But the hair mats can absorb oil and other chemicals from water sources. Yeah, so that's what
0: Walter's an... saying here in the comment. I've heard of using hair to soak up yeah. oil.
1: And if there's a spill or contamination, workers will place hundreds of mats in the affected areas to soak up toxic substance substances and then pull the mats once they've become... Saturated with what you don't want, so they used, I guess, hair mats to clean up the bay after. Remember that, uh, Busan oil spill in the bay.
0: Oh right, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, they used hair mats there, uh, where th- uh, gallons of th- thousands of gallons of oil went into the water, and the surfers helped distribute these mats, hair bruh, mats. Bruh. Yeah, they did. They used more than three thousand hair mats over several days, so.
0: pretty cool Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i guess after you get over the creep factor can it it kind of looks like something um someone with like a disturbing fetish is interested in making yeah
1: i don't know i mean it looks creepy but hey if we i mean we have an excess of hair right you see it all over the floor at the salon so
0: are they um collecting from salons i imagine
1: you can you can donate your hair and they'll use it to make some of these But i
0: mean most people are losing their hair well Besides, those who are just losing their hair uh, are getting their their hair being cut off at the salon, right? I mean, most people aren't cutting their own hair off. I mean, right? yeah, you the majority of hair.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've had my hair cut at home before, but yeah, and even the United States government well, is now sorry, testing these not hair all mats. Of us, uh, live yeah, that's the, true. Uh, you know, it's true.
0: The newscaster lifestyle.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, mm-hmm, it happens. It's a creative way to clean up these spills. Now it's a creative way to. uh to handle what growth in park settings, and etc., and so it's cool. You can make it a positive impact on your planet. For uh, to become a donor of Matter of Trust, so they can use your hair to better the environment. So I
0: imagine they have a website.
1: They do. Um, it's Http. H-T-T-P- of, no, you can matter of. Off. It's Matter of Trust. They have an online platform. You can look up Matter of Trust and uh, yeah. Matteroftrust.org. Think... Is it? Is that what it yeah. is? Yeah. yeah
0: matteroftrust.org. Mm-hmm. So good. Very cool. Yeah. yeah. And they have information on uh, donating and you, hair, or And your fur hair can
1: or f- woven right into the mat. There you go.
0: Yeah. You can donate a lot of things. That's pretty cool. So matteroftrust.org, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to uh, check that out and get the details. Very cool. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, our new request this week is to ask you to leave a review and rate us on uh, your podcast platform if you're listening to the audio podcast, or even if you're just here on YouTube and you want to help us out. The top two are Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's where most people go. So if you can leave us a hopefully positive uh, re- review and rating, that will help um, broaden the visibility of the show and help us um, help us grow it. Like hair.
1: And we want to grow it really like long. Luxurious yeah. and long. That's right. So thank you. Let's go to animals because we've got this sheep loose on the highway that ends up taking a ride in a squad car that's what oh. happened
0: <laughs> oh no kim it's another animal escape it, story oh, another I'm one sorry. of these <clears throat> it didn't make the thumbnail but we love it anyway is your eye rolling <laughs> or no. eyes i think you have two
1: <laughs> this happened in cambridgeshire in the uk this sheep was spotted wandering a little too close to highway traffic they got a lot of calls from people worried about this guy Aww. on the side of the A1 in Buckton. And they were concerned that this sheep could wander into traffic.
0: So, yeah, that's not the A1 there. A1's like an actual like interstate.
1: Mm-mm. They found this woolly jaywalker. <laughs> you like that? Oh, yeah, woolly jaywalker. And they loaded him in the back of the patrol car to be taken in for processing. Oh, this is adorable. They say he was a bit sheepish, Uh, as we herded him into the police car and off the road before taking him to a nearby farm so he could be scanned and returned to his rightful owner. No injuries because of the sheep. The sheep is fine. Everybody's okay. But the police say it's not every day we're called to herd sheep. So, (laughs) yes, the prodigal sheep returns home. There he is.
0: (laughs) Very cute. Um, I'm sorry to burden you you with another animal escape story.
1: No, I'll take it
0: okay um next up this is i think this is kind of funny um this is a bear story you know we, we cycle between bears and deer and sure. sheep apparently um this big bear emerged from a small vent this is like a vent hole in the side of a building i think inside of the house in north carolina um wildlife officials in north carolina are reminding residents to be bear aware are you bear aware
1: <laughs> I I am now
0: <laughs> um, after a large Bruin was caught on camera squeezing out from the home's small vent opening now check out we have some video here look at this this is a this is a large bear and he is struggling to get out of this vent hole so maybe if it's like a old only you hadn't
1: had that last pot of honey it might have been an easier yeah. fit
0: it looks like maybe it was like a exhaust maybe a vent for a dryer or something like that or air.
1: Man.
0: No, this that is looks very, painful. This is very impressive. He is a wow. large bear and he managed to squeeze through this small opening. The commission did not say exactly where the video was filmed. What initially appears to be a pile of brush, a crawl space, or a hollowed out tree may actually be the winter home of the bear and possibly its cubs. According to wildlife officials, if disturbed by humans, a bear may, in, may be inadvertently flushed from the den. And if it's a female bear with cubs, she may orphan her cubs if humans do not leave the area immediately. Oh, that would be sad. Um, that they recommend incredible. They recommend residents who discover bear dens to remain calm, leave the area quickly, quietly, and do not disturb the den for the rest of winter season. <laughs> so they got your house. For the rest of winter. If they're, if they're I guess in, so. If they're under a house, uh, yeah. Just no, uh, move out. Seriously,
1: like, how did that thing fit out of that hole? Right. That's a drop right there. But seriously, yeah. I don't that's understand. What she said. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: That, that I think that's the craziest video I've seen in a while.
1: I mean, the bear is, and the hole is.
0: Yeah. Well, that's just, that goes to show, like, um, our contractor mentioned when my mom had rats getting into the attic they can get through they can a hole flat. the size yeah. of a quarter right. so they have like very flexible cartilage and like in their their, their yeah. joints and whatnot they can get down to the size of a quarter a rat yeah. a big rat so think yeah. about that so it's really yeah. impressive it's really that impressive is, that bear i was didn't able to know bears
1: that. were were capable of this that's wild. anything for the
0: honey kim <laughs> i
1: guess so <laughs> gotta get in there gotta get it Got to get it we have a lot of new marine animals being discovered there are more than a hundred new species of uh, animals discovered by marine researchers during an expedition off the coast of Chile. During the Schmidt Ocean Institute expedition, researchers identified species like deep-sea corals, glass sponges, sea urchins, and squat lobsters. I've never even heard of that. Researchers also used an underwater robot to map the seafloor, and they found four previously unknown underwater mountains. A researcher who led the quest says the amount of new species they found is mind-blowing. And this expedition exceeded their hopes. The Schmidt Ocean Institute says a second expedition is launching this weekend. I mean, we hope maybe you find one or two, but 100 new species found? There's so much we don't know about the ocean. This is incredible.
0: Yeah, they say um, we know more about space than we know about the deep deep sea um, wow. You know, trenches and, and animal life down there very cool pretty crazy um we have a little more housekeeping what should yeah. people do kim if they like the channel
1: people should click likey and click subscribey it's free <laughs> <laughs> so please click the thumb, thumbs up button and then subscribe to the show it does us a favor uh because it helps with the whole how youtube promotes the show and where it goes and helps us grow so yeah please click like and subscribe we would appreciate it very much
0: and if you could share the show on facebook or if you're on x i know a lot of people aren't on x um it, but if you're there <laughs> yeah. if you could share it there or any social media platform to get to get the channel out there we appreciate it um next up kim i found a fast food follow-up for you a, oh. a F-F-F-U.
1: An fffu wendy's was going to increase surge pricing were they yeah they were accused during... they were
0: accused of calling it surge pricing. they were accused of it being surge by like yeah, uber
1: they were going to increase prices during popular times like lunch hour right rush hour now they're saying, "Wait a minute! We have no plans to raise prices during the busiest times at restaurants." They're clarifying now their whole it was a misunderstanding surge pricing thing. Yeah, they say we're not going to implement surge pricing. Uh, we didn't use that phrase, nor, nor did we plan to implement no. that practice.
0: It was interpreted like that
1: they say they're going to invest about 20 million dollars to launch those digital menu boards at all of its restaurants by the end of 2025 and 10 million over the next two years to support digital menu enhancements globally and it could allow them to change menu offerings at different times of day offer discounts and value officers uh, offers to customers more easily, particularly in the slower times of day. Speaking so. of
0: particularly, uh, Murphy's saying that particular picture does not look appetizing. No,
1: thank you. Mm-mm. That's
0: not the prettiest picture, but I will give them credit. Um, their burgers taste better than McDonald's, like I said yesterday. Yeah. Uh, that's not the most appetizing photo. But I think the secret is they're probably worse. I'm. I'm this is alleged. Just my yeah. guess is that they're probably worse for you because they're very greasy. I think they have more fat content in the meat that's just my guess we have they, are, they f- are more they are more uh, delicious
1: we have another follow-up as well remember we mentioned that the ceo of kellogg was saying eat cereal for dinner if things are too expensive don't worry about it go get yourself some cereal for dinner
0: oh did you talk about that on another show yeah we did oh um well ceo of kellogg uh he's facing backlash now for suggesting people eat that cereal for uh, dinner Uh, So this is Gary Hilnick, uh, Mr. Out of Touch here on the right. And he appeared on Squawk on the Street on CNBC, uh, which is a great show if you're interested in following the markets. And um, as you can imagine, it didn't go over well. He was responding to a question regarding how high food prices and how more than 11 percent of disposable consumer income goes towards purchasing it, according to the most recent data uh, at the Department of Agriculture. Uh, so this clip from the interview is making its rounds online and has been met with what you could imagine dissenters seeing the irony in Pilnick's proposal. Quote, the cereal category has always been quite affordable and it tends to be a great destination when consumers are under pressure. He said, if you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's going to be much more affordable. We're talking we, we talk about making sure that we have the right pack at the right price in the right place. So having a different size pack, that'll be. A different price point, that'll take some pressure off the consumer when they're shopping. So uh, those are some of the things that we're doing. But in general, the cereal category is a place that a lot of folks might come to because the price of a bowl of cereal and milk with fruit is less than a dollar. So you can imagine why a consumer under pressure might find that to be a good place to go. And um, he said, greedflation is forcing families to make choices like eating cereal for dinner to save money. Mm. Dude, like, Where's his PR person, right? And so yeah. if, as you imagine... Um, comments like f this s uh we all over um uh x um his annual salary is a million plus up to 4.4 4 million in bonuses it's tone deaf wouldn't you agree it's
1: a pretty nice uh it's a pretty nice salary i'll take that he probably felt really proud of himself when he said oh that. yeah Ooh, look what i'm I managed- helping people yeah yeah
0: comments were uh more comments such as absolutely disgusting eat the rich Uh, People don't have dinner. We're starving CEO. Then just eat cereal people, but they're expensive CEO. We hear you. We're making the pack smaller. So it costs less, (laughs) which is Mm -hmm. true. I told you the uh, other week I went to, you know, I just autopilot buy things at Costco. And I realized the two pack of cereal is like $10. I'm like, wait a minute. That's not, that's not a bargain. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's how much it costs now, but it's not like that's not a good deal. Well, I
1: think when you buy it at Costco, you get two bags in the box. So, maybe... yeah, you get two bags in the box,
0: yeah. but still, that's five dollars a box. Like, that's not really that's like is not the regular price of cereal now at Safeway. I mean, maybe it's I, a little bit bigger, yeah, but know. it's not like a huge cost savings, is my point. Um, I mean, who's gonna be happy about this? Oh, we found the one person happy about this, this cute little kid.
1: <laughs> that's so funny. Can you see him? And like some cereal. Yeah, he like yeah. some cereal.
0: Um, meanwhile, uh, the folks at uh, PepsiCo have come out. Uh, did you guys talk about this? Asking no. consumers to get creative with their carbs. At an oh. industry conference in Florida last week, their CEO, Ramon LaGuarta, said that he hoped consumers would use salty snacks such as Doritos and Roll Gold pretzels as side dishes and ingredients in their meals, extending their purpose beyond the midday or late night munchie Uh, taco bell consumers are no stranger to doritos for dinner because they have those doritos locos tacos right uh, because pepsi owns um both companies pepsi wants to take the take this innovation further at last week consumer analyst group of new york uh conference pepsico presented a nod to the mexico city street food Locos or walking taco dora locos right it's called the walking taco it's an open bag of tortilla chips Topped with cucumbers, lime juice, and chamoy, among mm. other ingredients. Last year, Doritos posted a a recipe on TikTok for sweet, sweet, uh, spicy chili chocolate chip cookies. Oh. Uh, using the eponymous Doritos flavor. Um, yeah. So you know what? You know we talked about how these foods are made from uh, uh, their pre-digested uh, materials, right? Yeah. The other I think that was last week, right? Processed food, right? Processed foods. Yeah. So that's what you should feed your kids for dinner now.
1: I have an update, an unscheduled update on Chlormaquat. Remember that?
0: How could have we forget? That was the oatmeal. um, That was the oatmeal thing. Tainted oatmeal.
1: And so we had a big discussion last night and looked it up. And the study was involving giving Chlormaquat to rats, I believe. And in looking at the study, they gave these rats an enormous amount of it. And so it seems like my husband majored in biology and is good at looking at scientific studies he said it looks like in order to be affected by the pesticides in i mean i don't want to eat any pesticides right who what who does why not but in order to be affected by it you would have to eat an awful lot of it so i just want to throw that out there in case because sometimes you you see these headlines and it scares the crap out of you yeah. right but just to kind of temper everything a little bit like you would have to eat an awful lot of oatmeal in order but if to
0: we're eating little yeah. bits of plastic and we're eating little bits of pesticides right. i think at some point who there's a possibility that you're yeah. going to re- a, reach a critical mass of things interfering with your endocrine yeah. system and whatnot not i'm not a doctor but no. i i don't think i don't think even a little bit is okay if we can avoid it because yeah. it, it's going to build up in your system i
1: mean that's my thought who wants it but if you have been eating a lot of oatmeal. Maybe you have oatmeal every day for breakfast. That's not gonna maybe affect the, you know, reproductive system, like you would have thought just by reading the headline of the story, right? You have to re- sometimes well, you have to really have to be, dig into the meat of the study. Be, it
0: will have to be studied over yeah. time, um, yeah. and ho- and unfortunately, yeah. by then probably it will be too late. Um, not to be too uh, <laughs> cynical today. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, it looks like um, Richard Lewis. We we're getting comments in the in the um, in the comment box in the chat that uh, Richard Lewis has passed away. So I put the, um, there's a link in our private chat for you, Kim. Yeah. So um, beloved comedian and uh, star, one of the stars of Curb Your Enthusiasm.
1: Yeah. 76 years old, as a matter of fact, just Kim. Did I
0: ever tell you my uh, Richard Lewis story? No. Do you have one? (laughs) Yes. Yes, Kim. Um, When I was working at the ABC broadcast center, he came up to be on the Pete Wilson show. And I was, um, I was in the hallway. I was talking to Karen Reed, who is our, um, our uh, infamous audio engineer, Mm -hmm. and she always had a cheese spread laid out. Did you ever participate in the cheese spread? I did.
1: Absolutely. So she
0: would have what we called, uh, what Pete Wilson would refer to as her pedestrian cheddar. Yes. Because she'd have the block of Safeway cheese. And then he would have what Karen would refer to as the snooty cheeses from Paradise Foods um, in Mill Valley. Yeah. And so I buzzed the door for Richard Lewis. I guide him back to the studio he looks at the cheese that's been out for maybe an hour and he freaks out.
1: Why? Because it Who was. Who leaves not...
0: cheese out? Oh it's God. Sweating. And he like basically did oh. a neurotic stand up set right in front of me. It was like a one on one personal stand up set. It was hilarious. But he just he literally like a germaphobe freaking out, he just freaked the F out. Um, it was really funny. So that's that was that Kim, that's my Richard Lewis story.
1: Oh my god. Well, Richard <laughs> Richard Lewis has passed away uh, at 76 years old. According to TMZ, he died last night from a heart attack at his home in Los Angeles. Um, He had been publicly battling Parkinson's disease lately. He announced that. that he was diagnosed with it last year. And he planned on okay. retiring from comedy a few years ago because he was having some health issues and yeah. that kind of led to his Parkinson's diagnosis at the time he said he was doing okay, taking the right medication to manage it um but again, uh, Richard Lewis has passed away from yeah a if, heart you attack. Last, if you watch the
0: last if you watched the last season of Curb Your Enthusiasm you can tell because I a looked at him' and I was like oh he doesn't he doesn't yeah. look good he doesn't look well. Again, he he's a richard, little he's a little slow so like obviously it was already impacting him
1: yeah richard lewis passed away from a heart attack at his home in los angeles not last night at age 80 uh, 76.
0: So. that's sad what a talented yeah. guy um yeah. and remember don't leave your cheddar out for two hours no because mm-hmm. you never know when a hilarious stand-up comedian might come by
1: yeah
0: um next up we have um snakes, snakes. Are, they the are they on the plane are they on the plane yet or are they waiting
1: uh I, these snakes are not on the plane okay but why are there so many snakes? This is the question. That's At a cool... work
0: or in That's...
1: the wild? <laughs> in the wild. Oh. This is a really cool picture of a snake. Thousands of species. kind of looks species... like a dinosaur
0: dragon snake.
1: It really does. Thousands of species of snakes are out there in the world slithering around. And researchers now think this is because of a mysterious singularity event. Mm-hmm. Despite being nested within the same branch of the tree of life, they say, snakes, incapable of unhinging their jaws, delivering a venomous bite, stand out from other reptiles. New research sheds light on how unique they are. There are about 4,000 known living species of snakes that make up one eighth of all terrestrial vertebrate diversity. And they survive and thrive in a variety of different habitats under very different conditions. Some are tree climbers, some are burrowers, some are swimmers, some glide. No single trait that they have can explain the origins of all of this diversity. A new study published in the February 22nd edition of Science, yes. Uh, instead, they say this all comes down to a singularity of snakes. A singularity is when a small, unpredictable change Ooh. adds up to big, unexpected outcomes. This is a in- sneaky
0: one. Look at this one.
1: Ooh, yeah, he looks just like the tree, doesn't he?
0: Yeah.
1: In physics, a singularity is a point in reality where the rules break down and rapid expansion of the fabric of space-time can occur. Right. The Big Bang Theory says our entire universe emerged from such a singularity in biology, a singularity might happen when an explosion of a species stems from a series of changes clustered so tightly together as to appear instantaneous and inseparable in the order of evolutionary time. And that is what they think happened with snakes, why there's so many of them and why they can do so many different things. This snake explosion, they say fundamentally, the snakes evolved at a very fast rate. Uh, Lizards, they say are kind of on the evolutionary moped or go-kart in terms of how fast they are changing, but snakes are on the bullet train.
0: Well, look at this guy. It mm. looks like a rose a rose bush worth of uh, thorns.
1: Yeah, that's not a that's a lizard.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, it looks uh, like a triceratops lizard.
1: A little yeah, like a little mini dino. Do
0: they do? <laughs> that's a creepy looking mm-hmm. lizard.
1: Yeah, snakes though they say have been able to diversify into lots of different ecological ways of life more so than any other group of animals. And that is what has enabled snakes to evolutionarily outpace other reptiles, they think. The mystery is not solved yet, but they think that it's a bunch of lucky changes in rapid succession that made the snake singularity happen once. And now it's nearly impossible to parse out the effects of one trait from the other, and all the unknowns remain. So, interesting.
0: Very interesting. I think this is my favorite animal photo. Really? Yeah, it looks like a triceratops uh I can't even say it. Uh Republican Republic what, what was the word you were stumbling over earlier? Re- oh, I don't Repu- remember. Well, it reminded me of
1: Republican-led. Yeah, Republican led. Republican. I like Kim's
0: having a John moment. Uh, it looks like a, a triceratops mm-hmm. mated with a rose bush. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you want to mess with that guy. He even the has the like, that
1: animal. Do you know the name of it?
0: It's in the article. Um do you still have it open? It was mm-hmm. like the last photo in there um he even has like thorns on his feet or oh. spikes spikes i should say not just yeah. on his tail
1: foot spikes that'll give you a he's like 100 percent
0: defense end. mechanism like it yeah yeah are you seeing it no.
1: uh it is the thorny devil is his name
0: <laughs> hey shout out to the thorny devil <laughs> the that's th- my kind of pet
1: the thorny devil lives in australia's sandy deserts yeah, needs- he does. Feeds almost exclusively on ants, the thorny mm, devil does. Tasty. And uh, apparently our friend Satan here thinks he's a pretty cool guy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's a cute little guy, right?
1: The thorny devil. Is that your pet, Satan?
0: I think I, think I need to go uh, to the shelter and check out, you know, to see if there's any thorny devils available. There you
1: go. Yeah. Mm. Get yourself a thorny devil.
0: No. That's that's funny. That's yeah. a, a cute little bugger. Um. Okay, back to um not being able to f- afford anything. <laughs> consumers <laughs> are increasingly pushing back against price increases. And we're winning. Oh, good. Inflation has changed the way Americans shop. Now those changes in consumer habits are helping bring down inflation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fed up with prices that will remain about 19% on average above where they were before the uh, pandemic. Consumers are fighting back. In grocery stores, they're shifting away from name brands to store brands. Are you doing that?
1: Mm, no, but... Cooking at home, eating at home more, less takeout, yeah. all of these things. But, and I guess, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I ever really, there are certain things that I need to buy that are yeah. name brand like ketchup. I won't switch ketchup. Right. Th- th-
0: there are other. You don't things want to take that, the hit on quality.
1: Yeah. There are other things I don't care so much. And so, you know, I like to buy local if I can, like a local company, Clover Stornetta or Clover. Clover Sonoma. Clover Sonoma, yeah. I'll buy clove butter and clove milk.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Poor Stornetta. No love for Stornetta. I know. Um, Stornetta was the smaller dairy that Clover Mm -hmm. bought or took over like way back in the 1950s. Um, So there's also people are switching to discount stores. Or simply buying fewer items like snacks and gourmet foods. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why that's why the chip companies and whatnot are freaking out. Do you out need to... those
1: chips, right? Right. Like well, yeah. now that seriously. they're an ingredient
0: for dinner, Kim. That's why they they're pushing them as I an ingredient so. for dinner. We that's need you to true. make your Dorito casserole.
1: But no, seriously. Now that you when you look in the cart, you have to ask yourself: Do you really? Do we really need that?
0: Yeah. I um, a fun thing I do is I take a picture of my cart at Costco and then I ask Kim to guess how much it costs. Yeah
1: yeah we play guess how much the grocery the first cost. time
0: you were like way off because i tend to like i'll buy all my food at once everything that i can last the month not the not the the vegetables and, and fruits but everything else that can last the whole month to save money yeah. and um what used to be two hundred dollars is like four hundred dollars now it's crazy i like i i bought a hundred dollars worth of even groceries at Trader joe's and we talked about how the fact that everything's smaller like mm-hmm. the bag of the um multi chips that they have my mom buys it it used to be like a normal sized chip bag. Remember, like a normal sized chip bag? Now it's yeah. a narrow. It's a narrow sized chip bag. And I think it's a little shorter too. Yeah, Everything buy, was smaller. You pay uh, more the, for less. There's mm-hmm. a bag of paneer, like, or not paneer. Um, can't think of the name, but the, um, the, the, the Indian bread. You know what I'm talking about? The bread that comes with naan. 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 Mm-hmm. It used to be like, I think there were six, maybe eight, maybe it was six. I'm not sure. But now there's only four in the container. Yeah. Um, but anyway, hundred bucks for food, and then you—we all have this feeling. You, you spend a hundred dollars, you come home, then you look in the fridge. You're like, "What did I buy?"
1: What did you buy? The f- or the fridge is walk, empty. You, or they say it's a hundred dollars, and then they give you one bag. And it used to be like, if you spent a hundred bucks at the store, you'd have a cart full of bags, right? Yeah. And now back you're in my walking day, out with like ten items. I right? remember
0: as a kid, mom would spend like twenty bucks for groceries, but um, those yeah. days are over. No. Uh, more Americans are buying used cars too, rather than new, forcing some dealers to provide discounts on new cars again. Um, So that's finally changing. But the growing consumer pushback to what critics condemn as price gouging has been most evident with food, as well as consumer goods like paper towels and napkins. And we all know that they're using the pandemic as an excuse right, to prolong this boost in um, prices so that their stocks will do well. In recent months, consumer resistance has led large food companies to respond by sharply slowing their price increases from the peaks of the past three years. So this doesn't mean grocery prices will fall back to the levels we were used to. Though with some items, including eggs, apples, milk, prices are below their peaks. But the mild, mild increases in food prices that we have now should help further cool overall inflation, which is down sharply from a peak of 9.1% in 2022. Now we're down to 3.1%. But the last thing I'll say is like, I went to get a burrito and I like to tip, you know, I, you know, these people are working hard. If, if I get a regular burrito, a can of Coke and tip like a dollar or two. Mm-hmm. It's 20 bucks now for lunch. Like that's Too crazy. much.
1: You gotta yeah. go out to the Outer Richmond with Katie. She says they've got so many wonderful independent produce stores. She bought two lemons, two bunches of green on- onions and a large head of garlic for less than three bucks. Pretty Very good. Cool. Yeah. Let's talk about the cradle of life. You used to, th- I used to see articles that the cradle of life was Africa, right? That's where all life began. But this new study talks about this lake known as Last Chance Lake. It's in Canada.
0: Wait, is this where people just dis- disappear?
1: No, no, it's not where people disappear. Come Sorry, on. Sorry, that went,
0: I went ominous with that.
1: Um, there's a study that is centered around this lake in Ca- in the Canadian province of British Columbia, Last Chance Lake. They say that it holds clues that carbonate-rich lakes in ancient earth could have been a cradle of life. This is a study out of the University of Washington. They've uh, published findings in the journal Nature in January, and they think that what they're talking about could advance scientific understanding of how life actually began. They were looking for specific conditions that people use to synthesize the building blocks in nature, and they think they found a very promising place for the origin of life. They first became aware of this Last Chance Lake as a place to focus their research after literature unearthed an uh, unpublished master's thesis from the 1990s that recorded unusually high levels of phosphate there. And so they went out there to take a look at it for themselves. This Last Chance Lake is no more than one foot deep. It's on a volcanic plateau in British Columbia. It's about a thousand meters above sea level, the thirty two hundred feet-ish. And it has the highest levels of concentrated phosphate ever recorded in any natural body of water on Earth, which is a critical component of biological molecules. Phosphate is a chemical compound that contains the life-sustaining element phosphorus found in molecules such as RNA and DNA, as well as ATP, which is a molecule necessary for the energy production in all life forms. So the abundance of phosphate at the last chance lake is more than a thousand times more than typical in other oceans or lakes. So could this be... Uh, something of significance. Well, yes, they've collected and analyzed water and sediment samples, and they discovered Last Chance Lake isn't just a hotbed for phosphate but also the mineral dolomite, which allows phosphorus to build up in this environment and formed in response to a reaction in the lake between calcium, magnesium, and carbonate. It's like Science Lake, is what it is. Lake Science. Right, Very
0: cool. you just triggered a memory from bio two, my AP bio two oh, in um, junior and high school. When you said ATP, because in a, mm-hmm. in my head I remembered this like ditty that we had to memorize for it was ATP, ATP, double bonded O, double bonded O, something like that.
1: Oh, that's cute. You're so cute.
0: <laughs> Did you ever use those little tricks to like remember these? Yeah, things mnemonic
1: test? devices, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So the compounding chemical process, influenced by minerals from the volcanic rock this lake formed upon. As well as a very arid climate, produced the unique concentrations of phosphate. It's a set of conditions researchers believe could have once led to the emergence of life on Earth, adding credibility to the idea that this type of environment would be favorable to the origin of life. Now, Last Chance Lake is not four billion years old. It's only been around mm, probably less than ten thousand years, but they say it's a snapshot of the past that offers scientists a chance to better understand what primordial earth may have looked like outside of a lab i love it
0: very cool um you know what we need to do kim
1: oh it's a time for a little 28 second stop
0: it's actually overtime, but that's okay okay but, um we need to get to weird new news one day <laughs> Wow, we're here. Weird having News Wednesday. Yep. Weird News Wednesday. It's our premier Weird News Wednesday. That's I'm right. going to have to practice saying that. Yeah. Um, but I want to make sure we get to the story because we have it in the um in the description of the show. So I want when we come back, I want to get to the Joe Biden story and then we can do okay. Weird News Wednesday, okay?
1: Okay, cool.
0: Okay, we'll be right back on the after party live.
1: This is the after party
0: live. <laughs> the after party live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. For a dollar a day you could help feed a very moody three-year-old cat with a taste for turkey and chicken. Every day across this world, cats go 30 minutes without food and don't know where to turn. Any dollar amount is appreciated and it all adds up. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Thank you for your consideration. Are you hungry? You want food? A party where you don't even have to leave the house. You could be naked for all we care. The After Party, live.
1: Oh, Archie. Archie right. has been a
0: very good boy for three weeks. So nice. I will be rewarding him with his afternoon treats.
1: That's beautiful. It's beautiful.
0: We do Tom. want to thank someone else. Um, someone who sponsored Travel Tuesday, but also their regular contribution came in today. The monthly contribution. That's Karen Kay. Yeah,
1: Karen Kay. Thank Karen you, thank Kay, you, Karen Kay, our you, ongoing you.
0: contributor. Thank you so much, Karen. You guys You're are really so nice helping us, us, us out. We appreciate yeah. that. We appreciate um, it yeah so we um, you know we talked about reaching a fundraising goal yesterday and I thought we were close uh, we're relatively close but we're 400 dollars away from our monthly goal um, so if you'd like to contribute um, PayPal is the best way to you know give us the biggest chunk possible if you want to make a one-time contribution something I should point out you don't have to have a PayPal account a lot of people think you have to have a PayPal account you don't if you click on that that link in the description you can use a debit card or a credit card for a one-time transaction and we'd appreciate it
1: Archie said, or Luis says, Archie is still the huge soda of cats.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <Nice. laughs> Five bucks for the arch. Thank you so much, Luis.
0: Thank Very you cool. so much. Um, this Joe Biden story, uh, we've been rolling this <laughs> over a couple of days. And the only reason I'm putting this in is because it's kind of disturbing. Wouldn't you agree, Kim?
1: Yeah. You know what? I don't want to say age will um affects his job keep it real. Kim.
0: keep it real
1: no but i i don't it's like hearing your grandparents talk about sexy time do you really yeah wanna... joe biden
0: yeah. says good sex is key to long-lasting marriage um a book on u.s first ladies claim uh president tamped down but get this the president tamped down on his public bedroom d- declarations right ahead of winning the presidency so it looks like this this was in development before he became president president joe biden has joked to aids That the key to a long and lasting marriage is good sex, according to a new book about the nation's first ladies that casts a spotlight on his uh, 47-year romance with Jill Biden. It's called American Woman, the Transformation of the Modern First Lady from Hillary Clinton to Jill Biden. And it was authored by New York Times White House correspondent Katie Rogers, and it comes out this week. Uh, the the part about sex takes up only a few paragraphs in the 276 page book, but it's already generated headlines. Rogers writes that Biden opted against running for president in 2004, a decision punctuated to AIDS when Jill Biden entered the room wearing a halter top with the word no scrawled on her stomach. Uh, Joe Biden, now 81, told a group of supporters that uh, that year had he had little interest in running for president. I'd rather be at home making love to my wife while the children are asleep. Um Why are you saying that publicly? I I don't think it's about age, Kim. I think it's like I don't want to hear any politician say that. Do you? Right? To me, you're muted. It's you're muted. You're still muted, Kim. Can't hear you. Still can't hear you, Kim. Can't hear
1: you. I said Joe's got a little (laughs) mojo. That's nice. (laughs) They're adorable.
0: I don't. I don't want any of my politicians talking about like making love with my woman. Like, come on, dude.
1: What's interesting is, and I think that um, Ms. Organic is right, uh, they're not as sexy as the Obamas. Why would it be, I mean, you know, the Obama Obamas were dancing, you know, they would
0: dance at I don't want Obama and... talking about sex either. I, I mean, I'm not a prude, know. but I just, I want my politicians to be serious and uh, a little appropriate. Mindy says, I'm, grad, I'm glad
1: Grandpa's got it going on. That's right.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think the reality though is this is not a good timing for Joe because Joe already has people questioning him, you know, he's too old and I think the whole hair sniffing thing, a lot of people are going to use this and combine it and like, you know what I mean? It's just yeah. not, it's not good. Um, but I did think it was kind of funny. It's anyway, nice he
1: that he has a healthy marriage. and That's and good. What that's we, healthy, we've done- but
0: you don't have to make everything public. I think, this you is, know that?
1: I think this is good. Here's why. We have done stories on this show about how sex increases your longevity, right? About how a healthy sex life- Oh, so wife- you're being
0: practical here. You just want him to get through the next four years.
1: Uh, about how a healthy sex life hey. um, inc- and betters your health it shows that you're in better health right I mean what a, we gotta keep things moving we gotta keep the, Come the on, folks. things circling
0: right no joke no joke Kim no joke no joke I like
1: I'm just like saying if you're love. worried if, if you're worried about his age then maybe this is an indicator that he's very healthy
0: if he still got the opposite, on. opposite impact Mm-mm. he could go out on top you know what I mean
1: Katie okay. says, why do people think elderly sex is adorable? I don't have an answer for you. I just, I think it's not elderly sex. It's, I don't think everybody it's,
0: thinks adorable. I think, uh, to be honest, I don't think love. it's gross, but I think a lot of people like think, oh, grandpa, my grandpa, my grandma, right. they're thinking of their own grandparents and they think, uh, no, I don't want to hear about it. I just don't want politicians talking about sex. But and it's, think, there are enough sex scandals. Yeah. What was that guy um, on the wiener? How oh, could I forget?
1: You Remember oh, that guy? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, mm. Yeah, it's like mm, just stick to politics and and keep and keep everything else. But this isn't a scandal everything. like that. This it's is not TMI. a scandal. That was it's, gross
1: and that was illegal and that was a scandal.
0: No, I'm not this, saying it's the same. I'm just saying
1: this let's is leave
0: that. out there's enough of that. Let's just yeah. leave out the talk about sex. Like you're a politician, stick to uh, I don't the know, issues. No, it's that part matter. of
1: human life. What's wrong with that? Don't be such um, a prude. Dude. I'm being
0: honest. Like uh yeah. President Biden talking about sex sounds creepy because he unintentionally has a creepy delivery when he does that whispering mm. thing. Hey. and you know he just awkwardly like looks in the camera like I'm just being practical about the fact that conservatives are going to use that and it also is a little off-putting so
1: I hope they don't and I think it shows he's more healthy so I say go go get it
0: okay Kim disagrees with me that's fine that's why um, they make chocolate and vanilla sometimes strawberry
1: go get all the sex you can get from your wife
0: yeah okay it's time to do it Um, we don't have an intro yet okay and we'll have to develop one but it's time for Weird News Wednesday.
1: Weird, weird News. News
0: Wednesday. There
1: you go. This What's is that first really thing? this is really weird. We did a story about the Guinness Book of World Records longest tongue. Remember that story? Yeah. This is about the fattest tongue. <laughs> There's a woman in Oregon, and her tongue measures five point two one inches in circumference. How do you fit that in the old mouth? I don't know. This woman earned a Guinness World Record for her unusually sized tongue, unusual sized tongue. She lives in Portland. Her name is Jenny. She said she was reading the 2023 Guinness Book of World Records with her son when she saw that there was a category for the largest tongue circumference. She said she always knew she had a large tongue, and after measuring it at home, she suspected Yeah, it might actually be record-breaking. So her dentist performed the official measurement by wrapping dental floss around her tongue and then measuring the length of the floss. She officially earned the record with a 5.21-inch tongue circumference. She said her son loves the Guinness Book of World Records, pours through the hardcover books every year. To your question, once upon a time, was who buys the Guinness Book of World Records? Yeah. She said, my record is definitely inspired by his love of facts of human abilities. Tongues, she said, are not exactly gorgeous, but they're pretty cool. They're muscle. They're so agile. When you think about it, the tongue is the only muscle free to move around like that. We use it all the time to speak and eat. It moves around all day. It never gets tired. She said her massive mouth muscle comes in handy when she's playing the flute.
0: Okay, uh, so the question is, do you want to see it or would it be? Yeah, dress you no, while?
1: show it. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah
0: we're it not showing the video because it's Guinness World Records, but it
1: doesn't look that big to me.
0: I think it's it's just the round girth of it. Yeah. It's it's girthy. It's a
1: girthy tongue. Yeah. <laughs> it's a chunk it's a tongue chunk.
0: <laughs> it's a chunk of chunk of tongue.
1: Um, when you play the flute and you have to play fast notes they call it tonguing your flute so that uh, maybe she's built up her tongue muscle to be really maybe flute flute can you say that
0: again for a drop what's it called <laughs> tonguing your what
1: tonguing your flute <laughs> yeah thank
0: you i, I just you needed welcome. a, I needed yeah. it clean there uh,
1: anyway she wins the prize she's got the plaque I and now it clean, she get it? she goes off into the sunset with her big giant tongue
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> She'll be tonguing her flute. Next up, a literal pancake house is available Ooh, for three night rentals in it's Tennessee.
1: So cute.
0: <laughs> a breakfast-themed house fashioned after a stack of pancakes complete with butter-shaped chimney is being made available for three night stays on four dates. So only on four dates in Tennessee. It's called the Ego House of Pancakes. It was constructed by Ego in honor of Wednesday's National Pancake Day. Oh, I Lego forgot. My Ego. Yeah, I forgot about... uh, Mm -hmm. It's uh, National Pancake Day. Did you know that? It's furnished with breakfast-inspired decor, including pancakes-inspired beds with strawberries and cream sheets. um, Cream sheets? And pillows. The house is located in Gatlinburg, described by Ego as the pancake capital of the South. Flapjack-loving families and fans visiting this unique location on vacation will be transported into a pancake paradise from the moment that they step inside. Breathe in the sweet scent of syrup-infused mountain air. Get cozy in the fluffy pancake beds and beanbag chairs. Uh, The kitchen is stocked with Ego's frozen pancakes, of course, as well as mini pancakes for making s'mores at the house's fire pit. It also comes equipped with a maple syrup fountain. What? Winning. Okay, that's cool. The house is listed on home to go for four four three-night stays. This is going to be March 7th through 10th. March 14th through 17th and March twenty first through twenty-fourth. How much and does the it final cost one stay there. March twenty-eighth uh, through thirty-first. Booking opens today. They don't list the price. Um, but if you request a book, you it's 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 a, it's an ego company website. Yeah. And I'm doing it now. Um, it's saying zero. So I guess maybe they're just um, maybe it's like a raffle.
1: Okay. But you have to yeah. go to Tennessee to stay in the ego
0: house yeah so check okay. it out um it's uh let's see let me get the website for you
1: but if you live in tennessee that might be kind of fun
0: yeah that could be cool mm-hmm. um if you go to home i don't have the direct link but you could just google uh, google ego uh ego house or pancake house you'll find it
1: would you live in that house no no Mm-mm. Yeah. with the big ego advertisement on the front no no but it's still cool looking yeah after you eat all your eggos and you're drinking from the syrup fountain of life over there in Tennessee maybe you need to go to the gym and when you go to the gym he too many calories too much going on why don't you get a fitness instructor and how about this one this 81 year old named the world's oldest fitness instructor this is a texas man he got his personal training certification at age 73 and now he's been named the world's oldest fitness instructor that's cool would Never that, too would late that, um, to do anything. Would that motivate
0: you to visit Texas?
1: No. But his name is Tim Minnick. <laughs> he teaches multiple classes every day at Gold's Gym in Austin, Texas. Oh, Tony and Austin can go check it out. No, Tony's Hannah Tone. He took the uh, Guinness World's record title from a 65-year-old woman in California named Wendy Ida, right? 65 is peanuts compared to 81. He started working as an instructor after getting his certification from the National Academy of Sports Medicine. He said he was looking for something to keep him active after his wife died. He said, I wanted to do something that I could feel like I'm making a contribution to someone. So now he teaches students of all ages. Most of them, though, are over 50. The oldest is 95. It all, you know, it it feels more comfortable, I think, to go to a gym or to have a trainer or um when you go to someone and you trust your body with them, to have someone who is maybe like you, right? Who's more like you, who understands what you're going through and your challenges. He said, we start losing muscle when we're 35 years old or so. And unless you act to keep that going, by the time you get to 75, you're not in good shape. It's just like buying an insurance policy. He said, in his opinion, insurance against failing as you get older, that working out. So there yeah. you go, 81 years old and going into Gold's Gym in San Antonio, Texas.
0: Nice. Very interesting. Uh, we have some comments on the Ego house. Um, Calvin saying, yes, Ego is a waffle, not a pancake. Yeah. yeah, they're celebrating the pancake capital of the world and pancake, it's National Pancake Day. It is yeah. funny though, but the the beds are pancakes. And, um, well, I think, Ego's,
1: I think the Ego company makes pancakes and waffles. So you can they? buy Ego pancakes, I have never seen
0: Ego pancakes. Like pre-made so. or like mixed?
1: Let me look it up. Oh, no, no. They're all, they're it's all um, food that is totally processed and in a box.
0: Oh, so it's pre-digested. Yeah. Um, Calvin also saying, can you spell lo- lawsuit by Ego? No, this is being put on by Ego. So this is yeah. the Ego, Ego company or whoever owns Ego. Um, yeah, and
1: they have Ego pancakes at Target.
0: Mm-hmm talk about lazy um <laughs>
1: <laughs> what if you didn't want to make your own if you don't want to make your own pancakes? well if you want to
0: have pre-digested hey. pancakes in your kid's stomach then go ahead we don't, all you, you have the information now you can make your own decisions
1: you're very judgy about people i'm just buying. being real
0: like I, if you care about your kids and like how hard is it to make pancake mix
1: i don't know you're the one who said you ate at wendy's sometimes
0: sometimes, mm,
1: sometimes. once a month Mod- everything in not moderation. once a month
0: actually less than once a month i i will say i go out for fast food once a month so stop there's judging meat.
1: eggo yeah. pancake buttermilk they're three dollars and 49 cents at target Look
0: at right that. but my point is if you care about your kids yeah you're not going to take the time to just make regular pancake mix yeah no although that's probably, it out of pre- yeah. that's probably made that's probably made a pre-digested food anyway okay yeah there's no, there's no way unless you're gonna make it from scratch there's no way to win yeah um uh, I was lucky growing up. My mom made ham, ham uh, pancakes from scratch. Of course. Yeah, Swedish, absolutely. Swedish pancakes. Um, yeah. A Maryland couple, moving on, John, moving on. Uh, a Maryland couple <laughs> attend a record-breaking 135 con- concerts in one year. Can oh, you imagine?
1: That's a lot. What All they do is go to
0: concerts. This is a Maryland couple, and they showed their enthusiasm for live music when they broke a Guinness World Record, of course, by attending 135 concerts. Um, Tijon and Matthew Brown of Kensington told Guinness World Records that they were at their 20th concert of 2023 when they started to wonder whether they might be on the road for, to a world record, right? As we were soaking in the music, energy, and joy of being in the audience again, a thought struck us. Could this be a world record? We got really excited. The Browns spent a total of $18,407.24 on concert tickets over the course of the year with an average ticket price of $68.17. He says, they, um, I guess they've got a
1: lot of extra money to throw around, right?
0: Yeah, apparently. Um, mm-hmm. He said, money comes and goes, but the joy, excitement, and connection we felt at these concerts will stay with us for a lifetime. These experiences have enriched our lives in, in ways that money can't measure. So in our view, every penny spent was well worth it. Some of the concert, you might be wondering who they saw. Uh, Beyonce, Lizzo, mm-hmm. Pitbull, Sam Smith, Billy Joel, and Stevie Nicks. Oh, okay. Um, really quickly, I want to tell you a funny Sam Smith story. So my friend is a DJ at a, at a big bar club in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And Sam Smith had just finished up recording an album with Kim Petras in L.A. and came up to San Francisco. And so he had his entourage. He had his friend. And they're at the club that my friend is DJing. And normally a star will not come up and request their own music, but their friends will, especially if they have the VIP section. Right. right? So the friend comes up, asks asks her to play one of Sam Smith's songs. And something that's only happened like three times in the history of the club, the entire sound system crashed as she started to play his song. Oh, no. Can you imagine? I would be mortified.
1: That's that's a bummer. Wow. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Last story in the yes. weird News Wednesday pileup here. <laughs> this man modified this ride-on car toy to reach 92.24 miles per hour. (laughs) What? (laughs) I mean, because he could? I don't know why. He's an electrical engineering student in Germany. That's why. And so he took this toy car that is meant for a child to ride and he modified it. (laughs) His name is Marcel Paul. He goes to Fulda University. He's uh, an electrical engineering student in applied sciences. He worked for 10 months on this, did research modifying this toy car into a high-speed electric vehicle. Yes. He said his goal was to exceed the 88-mile-per-hour threshold required for time travel in Back to the Future films. So he took his finished car to the Hawken Helming racetrack, and he was clocked at a speed of 92.24 miles per hour, fast enough to earn the Guinness World Record for the fastest ride-on toy car. Yeah. I mean, he exceeded 88. We'll give him that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine,
1: Um, though? I mean, look at the way he has to sit on it with his feet touching the ground. Well, I then don't he know. also
0: leans back when he's actually going at full... I think this is when he's braking, but when Where he's do you actually, put your feet? Um, he, he sticks them out like while he's going at full speed. So I think this is towards the end when he brakes. Um, when he's going full speed, you can see there on the bottom right? Oh, like a luge. The, yeah, like a luge. But um, I, I can't play the video because it's copyrighted, but mm-hmm. in the video, and it's all in German, so it would have made it difficult, but you, he explains... I got from the gist of it just watching it that he explains how he breaks he actually uses his shoes and then they cut to a picture of his shoes and their holes like he burns through a pair of shoes breaking
1: well i guess you would have to when you're going 92 miles an hour yeah
0: so you can see there it looks like he's putting his feet down to start to break yeah pretty crazy
1: that is crazy that looks very dangerous
0: yeah i would not recommend it no so that is weird news wednesday um our uh premiere I like
1: weird news wednesday
0: segment. so we'll work on it yes. we'll improve it hopefully we'll it's... have an open maybe kim will get a graphic together and we can do a i have to find another character
1: like it uh Lori was saying it's good core exercise your feet up your feet out right yeah. right
0: i mean it's a little risky but um yeah that's pretty cool um do you want to jump up to where we were we had a story about migratory animals
1: Oh, migratory animals. Fascinating. They're going extinct. Why? Human beings. You're Mm -hmm. welcome, everybody. Thanks to us. Migratory animals are having a hell of a time. This is such a total bummer. But um, humans have altered the earth so much that apparently migratory animals are now facing extinction. Female leatherback turtles, among the most intrepid creatures, they make journeys as long as 10,000 miles after they nest to find food in faraway seas. They've been known to leave tropical Southeast Asia in the cold waters, to go to the cold waters of Alaska, where the jellyfish are abundant to feed on. But when they travel this way, this long distance, it means they face threats along the way. Fishing nets intended for other species, Poachers, pollution, waters warmed by other uh, by cl- the climate crisis. And it forces them to have to go even further to find their prey. And these turtles are one of hundreds of migratory species that make these journeys every year. They go across land and rivers and oceans. And now these species are facing extinction because of human interference. This according to a landmark UN agency report that was published on... Uh, February 12th, I think is when it came out. February. Thank you, Gene. Of the 1,189 creatures listed by the Convention on the Conservation of Migratory Species or Wild Animals, more than one in five are threatened, according to this UN report. They include species from all sorts of animal groups. You got whales, sharks, elephants, wild cats, raptors, birds, Insects. 44% of the species listed are undergoing population decline. Most alarming, the state of the world's migratory fish. Nearly 97% of those listed migratory fish are threatened with extinction. This is a big thing. It's the first report really um, to inventory and assess the status of migratory species specifically and how they're trying to survive in this world that is being drastically changed by us, by humans. The two biggest threats they found, over-exploitation and loss of habitat because of human activity. So that's like clearing land for farming, roads and infrastructure. Those uh, activities apparently... F- fragment the pathways that these migratory species sometimes use, making it impossible for them to complete these journeys. 58% of the monitored locations recognized as important for migratory species are facing unsustainable levels of pressure from humans. Of course we've got climate change and pollution also major threats warmer temperatures not only forcing some species to travel farther but can lead these animals to move at different times of the year and that means they may miss out on prey or a mate for breeding so they they do reference the narwhal in this and narwhals are really cool animals um they're sea creatures they look kind of mythical They're famous for their spiral tusks. They spend summers in mostly ice-free coastal areas before migrating south into the deeper Arctic uh, waters. But as the oceans warm and the annual sea ice expansion happens later and later, some narwhals are actually delaying their journey and they're becoming trapped in sea ice with no opening to breathe through if the ice um, flash freezes in the fall. So that's just one example of a species that's threatened because of of climate change. Anyway, our migratory species are are not doing well.
0: Um, We don't want to end on a Debbie Downer. So um, why don't we do one last story? This is a story you found. This is the skull